0: One of our pupils, Susan Foreman, came into this yard. Really? In here? Young man, is it reasonable to suppose that anybody would be inside a
1: cupboard like that? Mm. What do you say, Perry? We can go on nature walks, have picnics (gasps) and jolly evenings around the campfire. Gentlemen, I've got news for you. This lighthouse is under attack and by morning we might all be dead. It's a brilliant idea. It's so simple, only you could have thought of it. Oh. I'm the doctor. These are my new best friends. I'm the Doctor, and if there's one thing I can do, it's talk.
0: This is the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast with your host, Eric Gould Branson. My dear, I don't think he's as
1: stupid as he seems. My dear, nobody could be as stupid as he seems. Now drop your weapons, or I'll kill him with this deadly jelly maybe. Ah, oh, now we're getting somewhere.
0: On this podcast, we travel all of time and space discussing Doctor Who, in a completely random order. Today, we have landed on Episode 3, Doctor Who Space Travels.
1: More like a big ball of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. I'm going to need a swap team ready to mobilize street level maps covering all of Florida. A pot of coffee, 12 jammy Dodgers, and a fez. An apple a day keeps the, uh, no, never mind.
0: Allons-y. I'm sorry. It's French.
1: So let's go. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast, the podcast that explores the world of Doctor Who in a totally random order. Um, If you have heard the podcast before, then you kind of know what we're all about here. If this is your first time traveling with us, uh, welcome. And uh, I'm happy you uh, decided to join us here on the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast, which we, um, as as I said before, we uh, discuss Doctor Who stories, either television, uh, audio adventures, or... um, books, no, uh, fiction and nonfiction, from the worlds of Doctor Who in a totally random order. So we use a tool we call the Randomizer to select uh, the media we will be reviewing. Uh, we will be doing our first book review today, but before I go any further, I would like to introduce to you my co-host, the robotic voice of my TARDIS and my traveling companion. Everybody say hello to Emma.
0: Thank you for the kind introduction, but I am not actually a person, but a text-to-speech protocol, but for ease of understanding, you can call me Emma. Of course, Emma is an acronym which stands for Excommunicative Micro-Earthquake Micro-Projection Anagramatizing. Obviously.
1: Also, before we get started on the book review, I would like to share with you some uh, news about the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. As uh, many of you know, this is a labor of love, and it is the second podcast that I'm producing. You may recognize my voice from the Video Junkyard podcast that I do with my co-hosts and friends, Ryan Steiskel and Joe Peterson. We look at 80s and 90s, mostly obscure and cult movies, and um, yeah, we review those. It's a lot of fun have a couple of drinks, talk about movies with friends. So this was kind of born as my second idea for a podcast. I am going to do make a few changes to the format of the show. So this first month, we put out three separate reviews as three different shows. We did a television story where we reviewed uh, The Sunmakers. We did a audio adventure review where we reviewed the Big Finish audio series, Dalek Empire for The Fearless. And then today, we are going to be uh, rev- doing our first book review. Um, however, the next show and hopefully the format will um, end up working well for the show and we'll continue in this manner the next show we're actually going to consolidate that all into one show where we will spend time talking about a television story an audio adventure and a book in one show and hopefully we'll get the uh, reviews down to a reasonable listening length and be about a 90 minute show oh
0: joy people get to listen to you for three times as long I know I can't wait.
1: That will be coming when I get everything put together, all the stuff listened to, uh, all the interviews conducted, and um, look for that probably early August, I think. But, yeah, we will be then switching to a uh, one-monthly show format. So you will only get to visit with Emma and I one time per month. So Obviously, it's not because I don't love doing the show. It's already been a blast just uh, trying to work within my means time-wise. So I'm sure... uh, most of you out there understand. Um, Let's face it, you're just a lazy slob. If anyone doesn't understand, you know, write, write me a email and begging me to produce more shows, and maybe maybe I'll just go ahead and do that if somebody cares that much. So.
0: If I had eyes, they'd be rolling. Hard.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, without any further ado, Emma, what is it that we're reviewing today?
0: Doctor Who Space Travels was published in September of 2008 by Penguin Books. The TARDIS Library at Timelash.com call it a lavish large format pop-up book, a sequel to the previous year's time travels. Publisher's description as follows. Journey through space with the Doctor. Visually stunning, with highly interactive features such as flaps and pull tabs, this amazing book is packed with facts along the way. A 3D pop-up features at the end.
1: Hey everybody, and thanks again for joining us on the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Um, as we have just let you know, this is our first review of a Doctor Who book, and um, had a bit of an odd one that came up on the randomizer this time, and that is the children's book Doctor Who Space Travels. And this is a probably made for older children, I'd say. What's it say right here on the back of the book? I think it's suitable for ages 6 plus, and I'd say that's about right because there is kind of a fairly heavy amount of text for a kid's book um, and also text that is called back to, to episodes and, and does very strongly reference the series, uh, specifically the first or the three uh, David Tennant series, two, three, and four um, It is kind of a cool looking book large size hardcover, which gives you a lot of space for um, really cool kind of photographic artwork that they use in the book uh, everything is photographs, so we don't have any like original illustrations. Uh, it's text and photographs. But the cool thing about this book is there are a lot of um, what I'm going to call pop-up elements. It's not really quote-unquote a pop-up book, although it is sold that way. Um, but it does have a lot of moving parts and kind of cool moving parts that uh let you kind of play around with the different things that the book is talking about. So. Space Travels, it turns out, is a sequel book to one that was produced, um, I believe, the year prior to this, 2008. So probably during the period or just shortly before the changeover of um, David Tennant to Matt Smith, so the 10th to 11th Doctor. Uh, It was a sequel book to a book called Time Travels, which featured uh, a page and a kind of pop-up display with uh, moving panels and sliding. Um, elements about the different time periods the Doctor traveled to. This book, Space Travels, which features a a great, you know, promotional picture of David Tennant on the front cover, and um, is, if you take the uh, slide cover off, it um, is kind of a cool, like, silvery hardcover book. And uh, anyway, the the topic of this, like time travel, the original was time travels and all the different time periods. This is Space Travels. It features a article or multi-page spread on each of the different planets that the doctor visited throughout pretty much throughout the entire um david Tennant time not everything is covered but it does cover some things from all of the um series that he was in so series two where he traveled with rose tyler series three with martha jones and series four with donna noble um it appears this was made before the four specials that ended david Tennant's run because i don't see any reference to any of those in here so that kind of places the book of when it was published um other than that kind of dive right in here i'm going to go through like page to page we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this it is a fairly brief book features 13 different entries um all being planets or locations except for the final one which is the TARDIS and that's the that's the big payoff and we'll talk a lot more about that when we get to it towards the end of this review um let's go to our first stop which is Gallifrey um the Gallifrey page features some quick history on Gallifrey some factoids including the origins of the TARDIS the fact that you put put, points out as a fact that TARDIS is organically grown and not built. Um, lots of facts about Gallifrey on this page, which is kind of, which I found kind of interesting because um, I feel like the series itself is kind of light, even even when dealing with the Master and um, towards the end of David Tennant's run, they're pretty light on details about Gallifrey. The classic series wasn't quite as light on those and, and did shed some light, so people that were watching or had come back as fans from the classic series may have been aware of some of these facts but um this is a presentation of them probably to some of the people reading the book for the first time gives a surprising about a backstory to the doctor too something that that especially during the davies era that the series is is fairly light on um the new series is fairly light on and that is it cites that the doctor ran away uh, from Gallifrey after gazing into the untempered schism. Now, I know the show goes into the Master and his reaction as a child when he's forced to gaze into the schism, as all child t- children training to become Time Lords d- have to do um, at the Academy. Um, I'm not sure it's quite canon. Is there canon for Doctor Who? That's a whole show of a discussion. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's get to the elements of what's actually impressive about the pop-up, or what's actually important about the pop-up book and not... Um, mm-hmm nitpicking um, Canon and non-canon and and so on and so forth Uh, because that is a endless discussion among whovians of what exactly counts But anyway, I just thought it was interesting that they did they shared those facts facts that um, Came up briefly if at all in the actual series So the moving elements on the Gallifrey page and the thing that makes this book cool again is the kind of moving interactive features of it Uh, It has a tab on the picture of the Citadel uh, in of Gallifrey with the TARDIS in the middle where you can actually destroy Gallifrey. Pull down the pull down the tab and it becomes a rotted or a burnt out shell. So we see the citadel, we pull down tab, and we see a burnt out shell. Uh, the TARDIS in the center of all of it, so very, very, um very obvious who's to blame for that, right? So uh the doctor is the person who just at this point in our understanding of the time war, did destroy Gallifrey. So we have one more pullout pad or pull-out tab here and it just gives us a little brief history of the last great time war that was fought between the daleks and the time lords and it is unimpressive art wise and i'm not going to mention anything more about it and moving on page number two we have a feature on parallel earth and this being the parallel earth where john lumick created cybermen in the parallel universe and brings the cybermen back to the series in um it, uh, series two uh the triumphant return of a classic villain obviously and these cybermen are a little different from the originals and basically these these two pages are just chock full of factoids about the new cybermen so the parallel earth cybermen um explains who john lumick was the uh, you know ceo of cybus industries and the inventor of the cybermen um it's got a little pop-up cyberman that he kind of works and this is a used version of the book so it, it maybe it's it's slightly damaged but he's he pops up a little bit off the page but overall so far I'm very unimpressed with the pop-up elements of this again this is a slide-out panel it has a few factoids about John Lumic and um, slides a little insignia out of the Cyberman's chest where it has a C um, emblem on this design of these uh, parallel earth Cybermen and uh, yeah so not enough stuff to play with here Um, basically just factoids explaining the plot and the uh, finer points of that um, two-parter the parallel earth uh, Cybermen story next page features the planet crop tour and these this was the planet in the uh, two-part series two episode the impossible planet and the Satan pit Uh, one of a personal favorite of mine that I haven't seen often enough but they managed to dumb it down to a couple of paragraphs of, of synopsis text and um, a really awkwardly dark picture of David Tennant in the spacesuit, which he, you know, climbs down into the pit in. Um, we do get a cool elevator, the elevator that took them in the episode from the uh, surface of the planet down into the pit. Um, we get a sliding elevator as we pull the panel um out or the tab out at the bottom of the page we get a panel with the horrifying satan type creature that lived in the the beast that lived in the pit of the the entire center of the planet um if uh, you're unfamiliar with that please visit the episode Um, or you know pick up a copy of uh Space travels and um, you can get a two-paragraph lackluster <laughs> description of the episode uh, anyway the cool the little slide up and down elevator is is kind of fun um, and the cool picture of the uh, creature which actually looks cooler in the picture than it does in the show the early CGI in the show um, is questionable at times but I love the creature design like it's a really cool looking creature and uh, so get a nice picture of it there which is cool um, we get a little educational fact here about black holes and that's that's cool we're keeping a, you know the educational um aspect of the show that so often takes the back burner in the new series if, if we can even say it's there at all anymore although i think um, arguable and I, I that chris chibnall hasn't in, in, injected that back into the show now but um i keep bringing up these wonderful things that i'm sure many people would love to argue with me about and uh Unfortunately, I'm not giving you the chance, being this is a solo show, so you just have to listen to me blah 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 on the whole time about this fun fun pop-up book. So anyway, um, yeah. So basically, this is another synopsis, and I think we're getting kind of the gist of what this book is going to be all about. Um, it's going to be episode synopsis based on you know alien planets and locations with little sliding things, which is which is fun. But ultimately, um, I'm not so impressed so far. Let's see what's what comes next next location is the moon and uh the moon in reference to the story smith and jones when the um, hospital is transported to the surface of the moon and we first meet the judoon in, i believe their first appearance on the show doctor who and um also you know the home of the classic line a platoon of jadoon on the moon which supposedly was written because it was very challenging for david Tennant to say in his english accent that he acts in as the doctor uh his natural accent being scottish they were pretty much just messing with him with that one and uh it's kind of been a line that's stuck and people remember um it's a fun so that's a fun one um yeah again we just get a synopsis of the uh, episode um this is Martha Jones' first episode as a companion and also her first time as a character um, being off of the planet Earth. And we get a mention of that. We get a little pull-down tab that explains the um, plasmavore patient, the, the uh, intergalactic criminal that is hiding, um, as posing as a human, which brings the Jadoon um, to the moon and because they are not allowed to operate on Earth. I believe that's a shadow proclamation rule. Don't know. I'd have to revisit the episode because it doesn't really dive that deep into it. Yeah, that's about it. We get a cool um, fold-out. I like this one a lot. This is one of my favorites so far. A fold-out of the Jadun, a helmeted jadoon, which you can pull the tab... Or not pull the tab. (laughs) I have to be very descriptive here. Um, You can fold over the... It's like a... Panel and um, remove his helmet so that you could see the you know rhinoceros esque Jadoon face, which we are exposed to the first time in this episode. So that's cool. That's one of the better ones I've seen so far. So onward to New Earth. Um, controversial opinion here, I believe, but New Earth is first seen in the second. The first episode of the second series, which is the second appearance of David Tennant as the Doctor, and um, I believe the episode is called New Earth as well, with uh, Rose and uh, the Doctor in New New York and the uh, Cat Hospital, uh, where they are experimenting on humans, and this you know ends in kind of a zombie-esque thing. We also have the reappearance of first series villain Cassandra, Um, anyway, not a favorite episode of mine, and a lot of people speak very warmly of this one, and I'm not going to get into that. Maybe someday we will get a chance to review that episode, and I can dig a little deeper into my feelings about it there. Um, but it also tells us about our other episode we have from the third series that is based on New Earth, and that is Gridlocked, which is a favorite of mine from that era. So, anyway, we get a little bit of a synopsis of both of those and all this the only like interactive bit of this entire thing is we get a big fold-out picture of new new york we get uh, a few little photos and a bit of text about new earth and a bit of text about gridlocked and that's it there's uh oh we get a nice picture of the face of Bo as well so anyway again really leaning hard into the synopsis of episode leads me to believe besides the little tabs and and, you know leads me to wonder besides the little tabs and fun things to play with here like what the what is really the purpose of this book it's really just become an episode guide and um, at that kind of a lackluster one Um, onward we go to the sun yep here we are on the sun And uh, here we get the weirdest pop-up book element thing I've ever seen it's kind of cool it kind of doesn't work it's a tab you pull that causes the Sun and we're talking about the Sun as in the star um, that the ship in the episode 42 is orbiting or being pulled into I guess as the story goes Um, it kind of when you pull the tab out it kind of bulges Like it's, you know, unstable or blowing up, which is kind of a cool idea. And the ship is there, and the ship pops up a little bit. Um, Unfortunately, the pop-up doesn't really work that well. And when it bulges, it's kind of hard to tell if it's doing anything unless you really pull on the thing. And again, maybe this is a damaged copy of the book. It doesn't appear to be damaged, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that um, maybe this was cooler um, if you saw it brand new. It is a used copy. We also get a cool um, disc-style, like you see in a lot of pop-up books, but disc-style countdown to the solar impact, also from the episode 42. And a, a three-paragraph, so more in-depth than a few of them, synopsis of 42, but, but that's it. We get nothing else. We get no references to anything else. We just get the, the quick synopsis of the story and the countdown and fat sun. And uh, yeah, so onward to Paradox Earth. So Paradox Earth unlike parallel earth is um from the story the last of the time lords where we get their triumphant return to the new series of classic villain and probably one of the all my all-time favorite um villains from doctor who and that is the master of course the evil time lord who has apparently a, survived the demise of gallifrey which we helped assist the doctor do on page one with the little pull tab um so we get a really cartoony full-page picture of the troclophane here, and um, I'm sorry, pronunciation, the toclophane here. Um, it is not anything I believe that they used in production. This is literally like a drawing, or it's very, very cartoony compared to the rest of the, I believe I started saying this was all realistic artwork, and this one is not. This is a full-page spread of, um, kind of the rocket field and the chocolate, um, which is definitely all artwork and not photographs. So get a nice photograph of John Sim as the master. Um, some pictures of the doctor in old age makeup, and then the shrunken tiny, um, doctor, which the master, you know, made him into. And, that is all presented, as a, our, our original page layout, presented with the master on the left, the doctor on the right, then you can fold the, ta- the page open, um, and you get the, the aged doctor, which is kind of a cool idea. Lots of text here. So here's where I start to wonder, like, where what is the age appropriateness for this book? In the early part of the book, they are literally giving us, you know, tiny paragraphs, easy sentences. It's very, It seems very easy reader. Uh, something for, you know, like it said, the appropriate six years old. This is very dense text-wise. We're talking one, two, three, four, five, six paragraphs of text um, telling us the whole story of the two-part Last of the Time Lords, and there is nothing fun about it. Just some nice pictures which is fine if you're looking for a picture book, you could do worse. This has some cool stuff, and it's all in large form. Like I said, it's a it's 12 inches tall, and um, so it's got some nice some nice photos in it. Um, again, we just get a synopsis of the story with a little fold-out tab. Nothing real impressive there. So next is the Titanic, and we're talking about the Titanic from. Um, Not the actual ship that crashed into an iceberg and crashed and sank in 1912, but the Max Capricorn cruise liner from the Voyage of the Damned, the Christmas special featuring um, David Tennant as the Doctor and Kylie Minogue as her one-off as the one-off companion. Um, We get a couple of little peak tabs, so um, you know things you can fold up, and they're hiding another photo or some more text and essentially again we get this like really dense um text synopsis of the story with not a whole lot else like it's not like giving us continuity notes or um, anything of how it's related to the worlds of doctor who it's just a synopsis of the story and not even a great one because they managed to get through almost seven paragraphs of text here and barely mention um large parts of this story like it takes to to mention to get um, Alonzo Frame, if you're familiar with the episode, we uh, very much remember Alonzo. Um, he is mentioned as a one-off in like the last paragraph here, so yeah, not even a great synopsis in my opinion. Nice uh, spread of photos, we get a big, uh, what are the angel things called in that, the Heavenly Host, we get a large 12-inch tall picture of the Heavenly Host, we get Banna Caffaletta, we get um, Kylie Minogue and the Doctor, um, I should Astrid and the Doctor, I should use her character's name I suppose it's not bad again as a lay from a layout perspective it's nice looking but there's really um not a whole lot of fun about this book unfortunately so on to ancient earth and this is one of my favorite pages in this book um it is about obviously about the well not obviously since so many doctor who uh stories take place on ancient earth um this is about the story um the Volcano Day story, yeah, I'm going to have to look up names again. It'll come to me in a second.
0: That would be The Fires of Pompeii, story number 190 and episode number two of the fourth series.
1: When we Donna and the Doctor visit Vesuvius the day before its, you know, famous historical eruption. Mm-hmm. And um, it has a very, very cool moving element on this page, and that is the... um the sibling sisterhood uh, which we get a nice you know big photograph of karen gillen in her first appearance in doctor who as one of the sibling sisters and but this one you pull the pull tab at the bottom and she the one of the sibling sisters removes her hands her eye painted hands uh, from from her face and you can reveal her face and it's it's a cool Mm -hmm. cool moving element and one of the more fun pieces of this book Um, On to the Ood Sphere So this coming from the um, Dr. Donna Episode where they visit the Ood Sphere And eventually end up liberating The Ood from their control Under uh, from Kleinman Halpin
0: That's called the planet of the Ood And it's the third episode in series 4 Maybe I should take over for a while
1: And this um, In my opinion is an underrated Episode but it is a certainly Dull page of this book And uh, we do get a nice pull-out tab uh, from the first page of the spread that gives us a kind of creepy picture of the Ood. We get some possessed Ood. Uh, We get another Ood. Um, An Ood without his, uh, what do you call it, control orb or um, whatever, but the actual secondary brain that he has attached to his stem. Um, Other than that, we just get Ood pictures, villain picture, kind of dull. Um... I suppose if you're six years old, this stuff's kind of cool because you can revisit those terrifying moments from the show. But I don't know. Again, it's kind of text heavy. It's got two, only two two paragraphs, but they've elevated the font on this page to the point where it's um, kind of ugly, actually. So anyway, on to the next one. The next page is the called the and Stratagem, which is also the name of the episode it's based on which means we have pretty much forgotten by this point of the book what our entire premise for this book was and that was space travel or locations that this show took place um because this one doesn't actually mention one it's just called the name of the show the Sonstar the sontaran stratagem which is the again triumphant return of classic series villains the sontarans um we get a Kind of hammy Photoshop of David Tennant's Doctor, um, in the midst of an army of helmeted Santarans. Yeah, so we get a synopsis. We get a picture of a Santaran. We get a picture of villain Luke Radigan. Again, it's it's turned into an episode guide here. So next we get Messaline, which is the um, of the planet um, from. I'll have to look up episode names because I'm really failing here. I'm sure Emma will jump in and uh, correct those for me
0: that one would be the doctor's daughter series 4 episode 6 what would you do without me
1: but this uh, gives us some nice pictures of the Hoth or the Hath the um, kind of amphibious gill people that have the kind of water breathing apparatus from uh, the planet Meseline, um who are involved in a civil war with the other uh, species on Messaline. this is also the episode where the doctor is semi-cloned And, um, we meet the doctor's daughter or, you know, partial clone Jenny, who, um, is, has only appeared in this, but recently has become the subject of her own Big Finish series. So we get a pretty hefty synopsis. Again, this is a a dense episode. So, I mean, I think there is a lot of explaining, but, um, Being that we started kind of text light in this book with a lot of fun things to do and um, you know tabs and panels to play with, this really just gives us one fold fold out, so one expandable panel where we you know have a picture of David Tennant that opens to get a picture of Jenny. Um, For those that don't know, David Tennant's wife Georgia, uh, Georgia Moffat at the time, but Georgia Tennant um, played Jenny, and so. This is uh, kind of an interesting panel, and I will um, refrain from making any kind of joke about the fact that he is on top of Jenny here. But I guess, yeah, okay, so I just made the joke anyway. Oh. So that brings us to the main event, and the one thing that is worth, if you've come across a reasonable, reasonably priced copy of Space Travels, you'll want to pick it up, and here's why. The last spread of this book called "The Journey Continues is a full pop-up TARDIS. So it is the one place where we get full pop-up elements. So we're talking about expandable cardboard, you know, folding out and uh, becoming a, you know, scale model of David Tennant's TARDIS, and of course this is missing a few things, but it's pretty cool, uh, pretty impressive. Mine is looks like it's a little bit bent, but I'm sure brand new. This thing looked really impressive. Uh, David Tennant, as the doctor himself, is standing inside of the TARDIS. If I could keep this thing unfolded to this page, it's really quite nice. It's a cool pop-up. This would be the selling point for this entire book. Everything that came before it It's probably just an afterthought to this great pop-up TARDIS, and this is probably, I think I paid eight bucks for this thing. This pop-up TARDIS is worth the eight bucks admission all by itself. It's cool. I like it a lot. So I guess, all in all, Space Travels is uh, really a middling quality. Um, It's just really a collection of episode synopses. It has a few little cool pop-ups and moving elements, um, big pictures and such. but if it had a few more of those pop-ups and a little more um you know stuff to do and mess around with in the book i think i'd like it a little better it probably is a fun book for the age group that we re- re- that it's recommended for the 6 to 8 year old crowd um but yeah it d- doesn't do much for me it it's a nice collection piece because of its large sized photographs and some of the obviously we talked about the the tardis pop-up at the end which as i said is is really worth the price of admission all by itself but um yeah so i guess i would recommend based on if you have an interest in having a you know pop-up tardis model um that certainly would be worth you know searching out a used copy especially since they're going um relatively inexpensively at the moment um but yeah so i guess overall i'm going to give this one um two out of five planets planets as being our uh grading system for this episode um i'd like to thank everyone for joining us today on the police box in the junkyard podcast um we will be back uh, i'm gonna make some changes to the format of the show i think next month it will be only come out once in a month and we'll put all of the features into one longer show rather than release each of the features as its own um independent review so look for that coming uh hopefully before the end of august is where we'll uh that will most likely materialize. We um, will be reviewing for that show, the TV story Arc of Infinity, the audio BBC audio book, The Pirate Loop by Simon Garrier, and the Titan Comics collection, the 10th Doctor 3rd volume, which is called The Fountains of Forever, is the book we'll be reviewing. So we're going to check out those things. In the meantime, um, I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of your July and um we'll see you in august on the police box in the junkyard podcast have a good one thanks again for listening i hope you will consider joining us next time for our discussion about a doctor who television story as well as our discussions about doctor who audio adventures both audio books and audio plays also we will be doing discussions of doctor Who novels nonfiction books and other fun stuff until next time i have been your host eric L. Branson, and this has been the police box in the junkyard podcast
0: Special thanks to all of our guests and contributors. The Police Box in the Junkyard Podcast is a proud member of the Video Junkyard Podcast family and can be found on most major podcast providers including SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Podcast Addict, and Spotify. Doctor Who theme composed by Ron Grainer, arranged as Doctor Who retro theme by Neon Frontier. All rights to Doctor Who and its related materials belong to the BBC.
1: I'm Larry Van Mersberg, and host and producer of the Doctor Who Collectors Podcasts. Now that you're listening to a thorough discussion of random Doctor Who episodes, why not find them on the Target book range or the hardcover or anything else with Doctor Who? For all things Doctor Who collectibles, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you find your Doctor Who podcasts. Also a proud member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. You're listening To police box in a junkyard podcast. His hands, you ask him, he may show it. He simply elevates a stone where you want, I would throw it. He's been to yesterday, and
0: somehow we all follow. I wonder where we are today.